Okay, listen up, and don't you move. The show's got just 60 seconds to go, but I got a message for all you folks out there in Radio Land. Don't touch that dial now, we're just getting started. Retrieved the rifle and shot his wife as she was cleaning up the kitchen. You can't trust the tap water. Old son came to investigate the commotion, the father shot him too. Several days before the murders, Nick looked behind you. I said, look behind you. Like he was chanting some strange spell. This brutal killing took place while the family was gathered at home on a Sunday afternoon. Are you sitting comfortably? Yes. Then I'll begin. Hello and welcome to the That's a Shame Halloween Spooktacular 2017. I'm... We should have done like Simpsons ghost I'm Isaac Bernier, <laughs> Ghosts. <laughs> I'm that I'm over there. Declan Dip Skeleton Man. <laughs> oh, but no laughing here because today is Halloween, the spookiest day in the... Well, it is the spookiest day in the calendar, isn't it? There's, but, but what what's going to be day? spookier? Christmas? I suppose oh. Easter, a bloke rises from the dead. Only one, though. On Halloween, it's all of them. It's all of them? Every so dead one. Is is this like another rising of Jesus? Does he count? Yeah. Yeah, he comes back every year, but no one gives a fuck because it's not special. Because he's dressed as Harley Quinn. The, yeah, exactly. Because he's dressed as Pennywise, like <laughs> everyone else. Overused costume this year, guys. If you're listening to this on your way to a Halloween party and you look down and find yourself dressed as Pennywise, go home. <laughs> Have some creativity, would you? Thank you for joining us. This is a big day for me, Halloween. Not in the sense that I'm doing anything, no. but in the sense that Goodness I really no. like it. <laughs> I've always had a real enjoyment of Halloween. Um, maybe we should kick off this special episode, a bonus episode for everyone. That's nice That's already. Well, yeah, come generous. On. We should kick it off by just talking a bit about what Halloween means to us. After you, um, well, traditionally Halloween has meant very little to me. Oh, good. On um, to me then. Quite the opposite uh-huh. to you. We never really did all that much for Halloween. But that, in a way, is the spookiest thing of all. <laughs> we dressed as normal people every Halloween. And then and how what do we you did, know who's the ghost? What we did was stay at home. <laughs> no, I mean, we, we sometimes went to kind of parties, but they grounds. weren't. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, the odd crematorium. Good. Warm. Very. Dusty. Ashful. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, we no. didn't really do a lot of dressing up. Oh, I'm sorry. Sometimes did. It's not nice on Halloween. Bit. No. <laughs> Just for a nice Easter, June like 12th. I said. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a nice photo of myself and my two siblings uh, dressed up. I uh, clearly am enjoying it far too much. Oh, what do you mean by that? Got an erection. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> a Halloween little, erection. Little eight-year-old me standing there in the photo. Happy Proud as Larry. As like. um, but we didn't really do all that much. Mm. Uh, I mean, I have... Over the last decade, I've come round to it. The family's still not hugely keen on Halloween. No, there's a lot of people who are very anti-Halloween. And I'm here to say they're 
wrong. They oh, need right. to get with the program. <laughs> um, I've, I've only been trick or treating once wow. in my life, I, and it was with my second girlfriend, mm-hmm. and it was so makes it sound like you had your main girlfriend and then like your ancillary <laughs> one. She <laughs> like second breakfast. She was weekends and holidays <laughs> only. <laughs> Um, it was the most spectacularly boring experience of my entire life, <laughs> trick-or-treating. I've never known a worse tradition be so popular and so kind of like fast-spread. The idea that, you know, oh my God, yeah, trick-or-treating, going out, we'll go and knock on doors. It's, it, I mean, I've never, A, known it anywhere I've lived to be like in the uh, in the American movies, like an E.T. or something, where there's fucking kids Aliens. everywhere you look. You know, there's you haven't got time to close Drew the door Barrymore's in between. Yeah. One of the doors. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> You've barely got time to close the door in between little tiny Frankenstein yeah. people coming and knocking for sweets. It's always been a very, like, quiet We're very evening. L- slow on the uptake over in the UK on Halloween, aren't we? Mm. And, um, and also, the the... the Day itself is seemingly irrelevant. I mean, I've been, had people posting photos of Halloween parties they've been going to for the last week and a half. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, just whenever, really. It's more of a state of mind. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, do you understand the joy of trick or treating? Yeah, yes. Do you enjoy it? Um, Intensely. And, and what is it? <laughs> well, it can be summed up in two words free sweets. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, well, I, I mean, I. Sweets are fine, yeah, but they're not top of my list. They were when you were a child, maybe. They were. Yeah. I didn't go trick-or-treating. Well, that's see, you've missed the but key zone had, then. But what we did do was eat the bowl of sweets meant for trick-or-treating. Clever. So I got the free You've played them at their own game. That's the ultimate trick. But I didn't have to go outside for them. Okay. But no, the thing I liked about it was um, even as maybe the first time I went trick-or-treating that I remember was when we moved to London. So I was probably, I'm probably not quite then, probably a few years later. So I was maybe around nine, eight, nine, that sort of age. And um, it was this really like, there was a bit of Greenwich that like all of my friends lived in, basically, like a big kind of four street square. Mm-hmm. And when you're a child, that feels, I mean, even today, it's quite a lot of houses. And they kind of had this unwritten rule that anyone that had Halloween decorations up was fair game. So you'd go in and you'd strange. What's that film with Liv Tyler where they go in and just strange. That's it. <laughs> so you do that until the treats are imminent. And um, you go round, and I was aware even then that it was a good source of like playground anecdotes because there were always like there were the standard things like even back then Haribo had monetized the whole thing and they'd made like special Halloween gift things that you give out. But there was a woman who one year gave me. She was an old, older lady and she sort of uh, took a while at the door, didn't kind of process what was going on very quickly. But she went, oh, OK, um, give me one moment. She was away for about three hours, it felt like. I was like looking at my watch like I'm missing out on some quality treat time <laughs> right now. They came, she came back, she gave you each one of her late husband's fingers. <laughs> that was it. You've met her. No, she gave me then probably no more than ten a jar of homemade quince jam. <laughs> I was like, ah. I mean, I remember being grateful, but in that... Disappointed. Not, I don't think I was even disappointed. I was just perturbed by the whole thing. It seemed like one of those tricks that would ultimately lead to kind of quince death. But yeah, I always enjoyed... Because I don't like... 
it's not that I don't like dressing up. I think it's quite fun, but I don't like ever want to put that much effort into anything. And also then there's the whole thing of like, well, how much do you dress up? At Halloween parties in particular, there's the thing of like, well, how, how much is anyone else going to commit to the theme? You don't want to be the one person who's come as anything when everyone else is just wearing like cat ears, looking like a fucking idiot. And you dress up as like a photorealistic Nosferatu. <laughs> Not that that reminds me of anything in particular. No, I've never done that. But, you know, your classic like vampire, that's an easy yeah. setup. You just paint. I don't even need to make myself much paler than I am. Just no. a bit of blood everywhere and a cake. You, just, you should just go Gomez Adams. Yeah, I'm basically there. I just slick yeah. the whole hair back. It's done. Um, but, yeah, so I, it's not that I don't like dressing up. It's that I don't want to put that much thought into it. But Actually, if everyone that, knew that they would, then I'd be very much for it. That does remind me that um, uh, the same girlfriend and I, that same Halloween. Yeah. It was the reason that we went trick or treating was it was like a, a family party or a family friends party that mm-hmm. they went to every year. And I went along as well. And one of the traditions was partway through go out with all the, the little kids and, and go and take them trick or treating. And we went to this in fancy dress and we decided <laughs> to, frighteningly ginger people to go as Gomez and Morticia <laughs> <laughs> so. Wow. I hope you've got some pity treats. <laughs> the real trick is on you, lads. You're realising in about five years. You realise nothing spooky is ginger. <laughs> Unless you want to go as a pumpkin, in which yeah. case I'd rather kill myself. Oh, you're not a big fan of the pumpkin outfit. I think I was in New York when I was about six. My mum was working over there briefly. And that was my first experience of like, Halloween being a big thing. I still have McDonald's did this uh, promotional thing where they gave out a big like plastic bucket that was like a pumpkin that you could trick or treat into, but it had all of the, just there were far too many characters in the Hamburglar, Ronald McDonald mythos. To have with, with almost no backstory. Seemingly. Well, it used to be an animated series, apparently. This is one of those things we could dive into because we didn't grow up with it, but I bet there's a lot of fertile ground there. Oh, goodness. In the Mona the Vampire tradition. There's like a girl Hamburglar. There's yeah. all sorts of people going on. There's a sheriff who's uh, always failing, it seems, to put a stop <laughs> to Hamburger. The Hamburglers. So is the Hamburglar who is, is he a Hamburger? Is he an anthropomorphic <laughs> Burger. Maybe. In my head he is. But is he stealing more hamburgers? Because then he's got a whole cannibal vibe. <laughs> it's much worse than anyone ever thought. Very spooky. Happy Halloween, guys. Look, this episode, it's a bonus episode. I don't know if we mentioned. It's a special one we're doing out of uh, the goodness of our hearts, I'd say. Yeah. From us to you. Here we sit. We're not going to talk about where because that's going to be for content for tomorrow, Wednesday episode. That's right. Two episodes, two days. It's mad, isn't it? It's back to the old days of two a week. It's almost too generous. In fact, I might not put this out till next Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep them guessing. But we've got many a spooky story. Halloween for me in recent years, because obviously I haven't been trick-or-treating since... I think the last time I went was... Since the old king was alive. Yeah. The last time I went was when my mum was looking after uh, two kids who were probably about six and three and the baby dressed up as a pumpkin and had to like help it trick or treat for the first time it you was make there. it sound like it went and chose its costume I think and dressed it up itself poppy was very big on choosing her <laughs> outfits pumpkin she was but no so that was a kind of different that was like moving into the there's a good graduation to like a parental role in trick-or-treating and then since then i i, I wager you still got your 
fair share of free sweets from it, though. Of course. In fact, even more, because <laughs> you can say, oh, oh, no, she doesn't. Ha- no, no, you're allergic to those, aren't you, Poppy? Put those in Isaac's. <laughs> <laughs> Not good with sugar, are you, dear? No, it's bedtime for Poppy now. Oh, off she goes. That's right. But Five no. o'clock, like every day. <laughs> so that was my last trick or treating. But since then, I've tried to establish quite strict traditions for Halloween because I really love horror films and I feel like they're underappreciated by most people. Like certainly Definitely. people like my immediate friendship group, I've always had to force horror films onto people. I've never felt like someone would be like, oh, do you want to watch Scream or something? You always have to be the instigator of these thoughts. Yeah. So I've always used Halloween as a time to force that, uh, often with triple, quadruple bills of films. Also a good time to, oh, this is a good one. It, I'm not sure it was specifically Halloween, but it was if it wasn't Halloween, it was November. So it was just on the Halloween vibe. Uh, basically, whenever it gets... Riding the hallow high. That's what we call it. Whenever it's between, I'd say, about mid-October and mid-November, there's that sense, in this country at least, where the air suddenly changes into this kind of biting cold. Mm-hmm. And you can seem to perennially be able to smell burning wood somewhere. It's it's very like bonfire night, November 5th vibes. And Halloween as well, of course, for like a month. It all feels like very Wicker Man. And um, I was probably in year 12, so I was probably about 16 or something, 16, 17. And my friend Jacob, I was at Jacob's house, who I've mentioned before, Jacob, who does the music for our show. Um, and we had our friend Tom over, and he'd never seen nor heard of the Blair Witch Project. Well, he's an idiot. Yep, can't deny it. <laughs> But uh, what happened was, over the course of the evening, Jacob and I silently hatched a plan, entirely fueled by and predicated on glances and nods and just motions. There was no speech involved to um, convince Tom that that it was a documentary, essentially. We were going to recreate what 1998 probably don't know something around that Declan will look it up he's the fact checker what whatever the original marketing team did for the Blair Witch Project when it first came out which was to pretend that this was a real thing the IMDB pages because IMDB has been going for like a billion years 99 99 so close and yet so far a depressing 6.4 on IMDB very wrong they're always wrong yeah the IMDB pages for the actors quote unquote had had them listed as deceased and stuff to really buy into the fiction. <clears throat> and so what we did was um, we fl- it was on Film 4 or something, which is like a film channel in the UK, as you'd guess. It's always on Film 4. Yeah, and whenever it got to the adverts, we'd like flick it over or send him on an errand to go and get like more beer <laughs> or more popcorn or something. And the boy was petrified by the end of this thing. And then we took him on a walk in Knoll Park, which is in Sevenoaks. And being in like rural Kent... It's already pitch black and Knoll Park is full of deer and it's also home to like some sort of aristocracy. So they have people patrolling it. So every so often you'd see like a light go past in the distance and there's a bit uh, you could walk kind of lots of it was just grassland where the deer lived. Then there was a big stately home on a hill and off kind of around the perimeter of the whole park, which was miles long. So it was a golf course as well. So you could go all the way around was a kind of wooded area with a path or several paths. And Jacob, having lived there for years, knew his way around really well, even at like pitch black night. But Tom and I didn't. I knew it a bit better because I'd kind of been around a few times. 
but there was this tire swing somewhere where only a few years before there'd been like a news story about someone having died on it. I can't remember if they like fell off and died or if they like hanged themselves from it, but there was some morbid vibe around it. So we took him around there and we basically took him on this big walk around Noel Park. Right. And in so doing, cemented the fantasy of the Blair Witch and that kind of built on it, yeah. added our own particularly geographical bent and uh, he's been in hospital ever since. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Woo! But what we've got for you is not anything quite so psychologically scarring. We've got something that has become, in the last three, four years, a ritual for us around this time of year, which is to revisit a certain set of uh, narrative triumphs. Would that describe them fairly? I, I think so. Mm. It, it's... Um... It's really a victory for the written word. Um, and, At the very least. And, and indeed for its good friend, brevity. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and if you can imagine the uh, the Venn diagram of those two, great literary yep. art. I'm picturing it. Two sentences. Yeah. What we have crystallised in the crossover, mm-hmm. which is my album title, Crystallised in the crossover yeah. by Declan Delane. Um, is perhaps the purest of art forms you could ever hope to, uh-huh. to encounter. It's a spook pill. It's just like injecting fear straight into the bloodstream, isn't it? racist. I'm glad that you clarified. A spook pill. Yeah. <laughs> Unintended. And what they are is um, every so often on Reddit, and kind of elsewhere as well, like so much, this has become such a big thing that Clickhole have parodied it recently. But someone will post, hey guys, what's the scariest story you can come up with in two sentences, in X words, something like that. And let's, before we get into them, let's kind of give an overview of our thoughts, because we've probably read the ones we're about to read a hundred times yes. <laughs> and yet they never fail to amuse me so there's there's a few things worth mentioning mm-hmm. obviously most of this uh is inspired by these kind of legendary ideas of is it it's the hemingway is it yeah the, the hemingway six word story uh is it baby, baby shoes, shoes for, sale. for sale never, never worn. worn there you go yeah right decent idea it's nothing it's really overblown in its yeah. quality. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a, a good experiment and a nice example yeah. of a way in which but you can... People seem to have latched onto it as a real, like, gotcha of literature to be like, wow, you can do anything with words. <laughs> Turns out <laughs> and you can that, do little. that um, exaggeration is another key feature of, of what we'll find yeah. in these stories is that the reactions to them are always like, Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, that one got me big. Yeah. I have chills. (laughs) You you sat here in, in, in a room and reading it going, who, why, what, how little do you have to have going on in your whole (laughs) life that you can devote enough emotion to this, that it affects you in any sense. Um, there's an absolute clusterfuck of ellipses going oh, yeah. on. That's the watchword. Everyone loves a good ellipsis. <laughs> a little dot, 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 a trailing off thought, sometimes in between the sentences and at the end. Yeah. Oh, that's just just to way. really, you know, to give you that pause. 
in the microsecond it takes for you to skip from the end of that <laughs> way to the next it's one. time to gasp yeah time to feel i suppose the so for the adrenaline to flow um what else uh the simple fact is that horror i think by its nature is either to be the cliched jump scare mm-hmm. which you objectively cannot do in words <laughs> There's no way. Turn the page and just boom. <laughs> wow, unless, you, dude. unless you've got like a surprise pop-up book. <laughs> um, and so it's not going to be that. But horror that isn't a jump scare requires something more. It requires a build, an establishment. Mood. It, yeah. It's that I meant to say earlier when we were in the pub, I never got around to saying it, but I was teaching poetry to my English students recently. And the way I was trying to get in, in a kind of Halloween vibe, was to show them the raven when the Simpsons do it. Because I think that's a really accessible way of delivering that poem. Definitely. And there's a great bit where um, Lisa's reading the whole thing. Like the conceit is Lisa and Bart are in the treehouse and she's reading it to him. And then you kind of brush into the imagined world where Homer is playing the protagonist and Marge is Lenore. And she's reading the first verse or something. And Bart just shouts like, boring. And he, she's like, quiet, Bart. He's establishing mood. <laughs> it's just such a great, stupid little English joke. But that's the whole thing, isn't it? Like, there's almost... It, I almost wonder if the first person to post this question of like, what's the scariest horror story you can come up with in two sentences wasn't necessarily taking the piss. Because the answer is, there is none. Like, <laughs> yeah. There, people have been trying for a while. There is no combination of words for which two sentences will allow anything resembling fear. It's no, almost antithetical like, to the form. Anything like resembling tension or yeah. atmosphere, like it's just not doable because there's no time for you to uh, establish. There's no time for you to settle so that you can become unsettled. Yeah. Uh, it you just, have to have like a baseline. Yeah. So much of horror is about like bringing you to and from a norm that you establish in the film. Yeah. Like a tent, a release of tension where you're just like, you have time to breathe, but it's only when you have time to breathe that you feel the breathlessness. Yeah. And two sentences is It's bullshit. frankly not enough. No. So um, with that in mind, shall we dive in? We've got, so just to set up the kind of roadmap of this Halloween spooktacular, we've got some short stories. I've got, a longer story that Declan's never heard, which is um, argue well, it's better than all of these stories, but it's also nonsense in its own way. And I'm sure we'll come across that. We've got click holes, parody stories, which we might just pepper in to see if you can even tell the difference between which ones are the jokes, which <laughs> ones are not. And um, that'll do it for Halloween, I think, until next year. With that so. in mind, why don't we dive right in to some of the best short scary stories of halloween 2017 do you have any i have the top common here we go feels like a good place to start seems like it <clears throat> this is commented by just another muffled vow vow <clears throat> what's a vow in this context maybe voiceover oh okay uh, but apparently this story is this story is attributed mm-hmm. to someone called Juan J. Rui. Love his work. This is one of his finer pieces, I mm-hmm. think. My favourite thing about this is 
it's uh, it's almost objectively more than two sentences. <laughs> so for the top comment, it's already broken the rules. Mm-hmm. Here we go. I begin tucking him into bed, and he tells me, Daddy, check for monsters under my bed. I look underneath for his amusement, but see him, another him, <gasps> under the bed. Staring back at me and quivering, whispering, Daddy, <coughs> there's someone in my bed. So it wasn't, da, da, da. It wasn't him in the bed. It was a demon oh, ghost on the bed. Day. Or was it a double bluff and the him under the bed was the demon? Could be. Or were they both demons? <laughs> the real kid just mm, left. The real kid never existed. Died in a car crash. Oh! On Halloween. Here's one for you. One I heard a while ago, says Miami Metro. Not taking credit for this. <laughs> <laughs> Probably wise, Miami Metro. I think I unfairly intonated it. He's saying, not taking credit for this. This oh, is right. too good. Growing up with cats and dogs. <laughs> this is the strong start to this one. <laughs> Growing up with cats and dogs, I got used to the sounds of scratching at my door while I slept. Now that I live alone, it is much more unsettling. Because <gasps> it's gerbils. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's one of the other things is that one of the uh, one of the <clears throat> like tropes. Um, nar- no, no, or one of the narrative functions of horror that works very well is that it's often twinned with mystery so that even uh very formulaic horror films or even horror films you've seen you know uh before there's there's still a sense of of mystery to the story they don't answer all the questions the thing is when you know that the story's in the first sentence when you know that the next sentence finishes it Mm -hmm. you always know All what the, the second sentence is yeah. going to be They're, they seem to be so specific as well <clears throat> don't they like growing up with cats and dogs it's like the same as like a joke format yeah if the first line just flagged up the second so perfectly like looking at the clown with his vanilla ice cream falling out of his scoop you can just predict the kind of elements that are going to be in the second exactly <clears throat> so here's another example of that mm-hmm. from scuppy my daughter won't stop crying and screaming oh, no. in the middle of the night. I visit her grave <gasps> and ask her to stop, but it doesn't help. Oh, she's a ghost. <laughs> Someone responded, I like this one because you can interpret it in different ways. No, you can't. There's one way. Is it a voice from beyond the grave no. or has the father gone mad and buried her alive? Oh, you're right. To which that someone says, shit. damn. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Damn, stories are crazy. <laughs> this hey? two-sentence story had too much in it for me. Here's one for you. My grandmother told me that it was a gift to see the angel of death in front of people's houses, to know that he'd be collecting someone there soon. I thought it was a gift too, up until the day I began to see it in front of every house. He's <gasps> going to kill everyone. Oh, my God. Right, see, in that one, I thought it was going to be the grandma's house. But turned out to be everyone's house. So they've got so a step um, beyond what I was expecting. Nuclear holocaust. That's there. the one. It's the only way. Here's another one. Unless you've got one ready. I've got one ready. I'll go for it. Well, this, is, this is um, 
of a particular brand of stories where the first sentence is so, so, so bad <laughs> that the second sentence mm-hmm. is so unnecessarily convoluted <laughs> and contrived in order to gain as much hot. It's like if you were doing a bit of uh, our bullshit SEO writing oh, yeah. and you had to get keywords in there. So they just shoved as many Keyword as possible spooky. in. After working a hard day, I came home to see my girlfriend cradling our child. I didn't know which was more frightening, seeing my dead girlfriend and stillborn child, or knowing that someone broke into my apartment to place <laughs> them there. <laughs> that one's great. Oh, that person thought that was a good twist. <laughs> just consider that for a moment. Bless them. It's just, I, I, like, I love, I love that they they couldn't settle for one of them having been dead. Nope. They both had to be it dead. It doubles the spooky, doesn't it? What, like that's the ratio of fear. Someone's had to dig up two graves yeah, to put them there. It's a linear progression. Like Only one of them would be 50% scary. The first reply to that is from uh, OP, uh-huh. who says, holy shit. Oh my God, lads. Thankfully, someone's uh, tape... Um, <clears throat> I don't know what word I was going for. I was, I was saying tapered. <sighs> Tempered is yeah. what I meant to say. His excitement with, yeah, who likes to work hard all day? <laughs> <laughs> Here's one for you. This is from six years ago from someone called Tube Monster. <laughs> so enjoy that. They drilled two holes into my concrete tomb. <laughs> lot, lot of exposition. One right above my mouth to prevent suffocation. And another near my arm so my body could be kept alive through IV feeding. I couldn't die even if I wanted to, they say in their third sentence. (laughs) The top response from a deleted account is, you could bite your tongue off and choke to death on the blood. (laughs) And the response to that is, phew, I was worried there for a bit. (laughs) A lot of the times the comment is better than the... Oh, yeah. yeah. What about this? This person gains a special place in the shame city hall of cunts <laughs> for uh, for their opening gambit. Mm-hmm. First of all, their sentence is one, their story is one sentence. Yeah. Uh, but they've, uh, they've prefaced it. Mm, cheating. With, with uh, this is my intonation, but I can't imagine it being any other way. Try six words. <laughs> wow, they're showing off here. For sale. Baby <laughs> shoes. Ghost ones. <laughs> Spooky trainers. <clears throat> I just saw my reflection. Blink. Fucking rubbish. <laughs> what I like is he said try six words, but you could cut out the just yeah. and make it five. Like it's still not as streamlined as you could make this bullshit. Reflection blinked. <laughs> Question mark. Reflection blinked. <laughs> what? what? Oh, Claude, what happened to you today? Oh, <laughs> no, Reflection blinked. blinked. <laughs> Here's one for you. Ignore that tickling on your ankle. It's probably not a spider. <laughs> I love that person. <laughs> That's great. Here's one for you. This one's in two lines of dialogue. 
So they've adhered to the <gasps> two-sentence structure, Ooh. but there are two characters. Oh, my God. I'm going to give them different voices. I that, hope that helps you. I, I think it will. I think I just heard someone laughing in your basement. This house doesn't have a basement. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's more like a joke than it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> a funny story. Isn't it? Oh, dear. oh, this is another another one from the art of contrived storytelling. <laughs> oh dear, and it's also another one from the art of about five sentences okay. where they just chuck on the semicolons <laughs> yeah. like no one's business. No, them through this like person has shamelessly full stopped their way oh, through. Oh really? Okay. The last thing I saw was my alarm clock flashing 12.07 before she pushed her long, rotting nails through my chest, her other hand muffling my screams. I sat, bolt upright, (laughs) relieved it was only a dream. But as I saw my alarm clock (gasps) read 12.06, I heard the door to the closet creak open. Wow. That one's cumbersome. Amazing. <laughs> what I liked there was the sparsity of the press. <laughs> what I liked was the way in which there was no moment where there was any horror. This one's great because there is a certain uh, another subgenre of them, which is like someone who's got an idea that they know is scary, but they've never <laughs> probably read a book, so they've never thought about how you'd articulate it in a I, scary way. I think it's also that they've got an idea for something that would be scary, but they haven't quite come to terms with the fact that two sentences isn't enough yeah. to explore it. So this one um, it includes the element of like too much setup in the first sentence, and then the second sentence is just bathos. I jumped down the dry well because I thought it wasn't deep. But it was, and got narrower. <laughs> like, it, it could be a scary moment in a film, but as it is, it's just a bit of a shame. Here's another one. As we walked back from lunch, a man in a suit approached my best friend. All right, the study is officially over. Your work is finished. Finally, my friend grumbled, walking away from me in an annoyed huff. So that person's very lonely. <laughs> A person has not even the They've one friend. Truman Show. <laughs> Bless. This one's, this one's great. This person had clearly had enough of the thread. Once upon a time, there was the ugly barnacle. He was so ugly that everybody died. <laughs> <laughs> that one's lovely. That's so good. I like this person just silently rebelling against the concept. Stop, stop, stop. I found my absolute favourite. This is great because this is objectively just a joke. This isn't even a horror story. A ghost? She asked why I was breathing so heavily. Mm -hmm. I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) This reminds me actually of a time when my friend Matthew, who may be on the show in the coming weeks, came to stay at my house maybe... In year eight or year nine, so we're probably about 13 or something. And uh, we were watching Pan's Labyrinth. Right. And in those days, I had a high bed because my room was quite small, like a big bunk bed. But as I was an only child, it didn't have a bunk under it, just had space. And Matthew was sleeping on like a sofa bed on the floor. And for like an hour of the film, I don't know what was going on, like why 
we never resolve this communicative issue. But there's a bit, or there's a lot of Pan's Labyrinth that involves someone dying and kind of doing this <gasps> breathing. And for whatever reason, maybe I was like, whatever the child version of drunk is. <laughs> maybe I had so many sweets, right. so it's just like off my head. But I was just convinced it was Matthew, and I was just getting angrier and angrier at him throughout the evening. Like, Matthew, you need to stop all this breathing right now. And he's never like forgotten it. If he ever gasps or something, he always like shoots me a look to be like, it's all right. <laughs> <My last." laughs> Here's another one for you. They found the child sitting calmly atop the fence post, dried blood on her coveralls, smoke blowing up behind her. Mr. Rabbit came back, she said. And he took them all away. That's just the end. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the top comment to that is, fuck this thread, I am out. <laughs> that person's so... Shit. I hope they were just angry that they were all shit. So shit. Yeah. <clears throat> Here's another one with uh, a lot of <laughs> uh, forced narrative. Okay. The heart attack came and went, knocking Mike into unconsciousness. Mm-hmm. And as he awoke he could hear the graveside service around him. Somehow, the casket was translucent to him, oh. and he could recognise some of his friends, but his body would not move, and he realised with terror what death really was. Wow. Turns out it's very much like being alive. But with but a translucent still. coffin. <laughs> they're new, like, cheap green coffins, where they're just made out of old plastic. How about this one? The man from inside her closet, (laughs) is already a problem, had told Emmy that her mummy's blood was delicious, dot, dot, dot. Andy was right. (laughs) (laughs) That one's really not good, is it, in a big way. Look, I'd like to break it up by reading some clickhole ones. Okay. Because I think they give listeners who've not read through these before an even more precise, you know, in the way that if you're like trying to learn an impression of someone, you listen to an impressionist doing an impression of them because they kind of accentuate the elements. Here we go. If you think you need a full book or movie to tell a scary story, then you're wrong. Just check out these chilling two sentence horror stories that are bound to give you goosebumps, says Click Cole. Here's the first. A flash of lightning momentarily illuminates your bedroom and you see that there are dozens of ravens perched around your bed staring at you. They're getting germs all over your things. It's the end. (laughs) (laughs) The new episode of Breaking Bad was great last night, he said. Dot, dot, dot. They hadn't made a new episode of Breaking Bad in over a year. (sighs) Spooky. No. Trembling, you pull back the shower curtain. No, it can't be. Another shower curtain. <laughs> That's so They've good. Got this gift to go with it as well. Because it's perfect. Yeah. It, it's it's a perfect summation of all of of ninety percent of these stories. <laughs> where it's it's they couldn't believe what was there. Everyone knows what's there. It's something not scary. Similar vein here. Offering a truce, he held out his hand. Then his other one. Then his other one. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, dear. Mr. and Mrs. Johnson went to the doctor to see why baby Hannah wouldn't eat. Why? It's because your baby is a skeleton, the doctor said. (laughs) To which Mr. and Mrs. Johnson replied, oh, that explains it. (laughs) Silly us. (laughs) This one's short and sweet. A zombie is riding a hang glider. He's landed it right next to you now. (laughs) 
here's another. Your father takes off his coat, then his hat, then his face. Hold on, it was just a mask. <laughs> but now he really does take off his face. <laughs> I think I've read that one. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, dear. Um, this morning, <laughs> this one's my face. This morning, I found a $20 iTunes gift card under my pillow with a note that said, Happy Mother's Day from your son. I'm barren. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one. I think I remember reading through this now. The, I'm barren to the most spectacularly <laughs> horrid end to a story. <laughs> right, two more. No, th- a few more, actually. Um, this one, a play on the one we talked about already. For sale, baby shoes, never worn. They were yours, you ghost baby. <laughs> you get a FaceTime call from the number 666. Not picking that one up. <laughs> Do you remember the plot of the movie, The Others? That. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> the last one is great, 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 great grandfather. I typed into Ancestry.com as a joke. Only one result found. Lucifer. <laughs> so that's that's a wonderful um, analysis of the painfully banal uh, nature of most of these yeah. stories where actually the the twist is not in any way surprising but also not in any way horrific because it's just bullshit <laughs> <laughs> i think let's um have you got any more short I'm, ones no i'm in the process of trying to find uh, a related tweet okay let me read you then um there is a community on reddit called short scary stories and I don't know many of them, but I have been read the top one before. I think the idea is that it's like 500 words or fewer than that. And you'd think like 500 words. That's so many. I mean, it's a lot more than two sentences. Very much. So you'd feel like they could maybe do a bit more. But what I found is the theme with these is that they manage to do less in more words. Oh, I see. So they take the idea that you've got more room to play with yeah. and instead of using that to do anything that might be considered scary it's just they just use it to waffle yeah the analogy would be in that ancestry one they would have just written great 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 about 800 more times <laughs> they'd have just described like the process of getting on yeah, to ancestry i clicked i, I double clicked the browser <laughs> chrome the spookiest browser of all this one is called i hate it when my brother charlie has to go away it's been gilded it was from a user called Horror in Pure Form. I hate it when my brother Charlie has to go away. My parents constantly try to explain to me how sick he is, that I am lucky for having a brain where all the chemicals flow properly to their destinations like undammed rivers. When I complain about how bored I am without a little brother to play with, they try to make me feel bad by pointing out that his boredom likely far surpasses mine, considering his confined to a dark room in an institution. I always beg for them to give him one last chance. Of course, they did at first. Charlie has been back home several times, each shorter in duration than the last. Each time without fail, it all starts again. The neighbourhood cats with gouged out eyes showing up in his toy chest. My dad's razors found dropped on the baby slide in the park across the street. Mum's vitamins replaced by bits of dishwasher tablets. That's a weird one, isn't it? That's a good joke. My parents are hesitant now, using last chances sparingly. 
They say his disorder makes him charming, makes it easy for him to fake normalcy and okay. to trick... Can I ask a question? No, because the answer's can yes. Can I ask a question? <laughs> no, can I ask one question? Go on, but I mean, you're going to ruin it. Now, <laughs> it's not possibly the case nope. that... He, Why would you our think narrator, is, is the Charlie they speak of. They say his disorder makes him charming, makes it easy, easy for him to fake normalcy. To fake normalcy and and to narration. trick the doctors who narrate stories for him, who care for him, into thinking he is ready for rehabilitation. That I will just have to put up with my boredom if it means staying safe from him. Final paragraph. Oh, my God. You ready? I hate I it when Charlie... Oh, just get ready. Just, I don't want you to be too spooked because no, if you run it, out of the flat, that's the end of the episode. I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm leaning over here. I'm just gonna grab this cushion. Okay, just in case. I hate it when Charlie has to go away. It makes me have to be oh, fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me have to pretend to be good until he is back. Oh. Oh. This is really fantastic in every way. Compelling. Made me reread it four times. Every detail is well-placed and purposeful. Not a word is superfluous. Really well done. Wrong. Not a word is superfluous. The whole thing. This one's great. Really well written. Just to double check. The narrator is misbehaving and blaming it on Charlie, right? <laughs> That's like that It tweet. Oh, uh, yeah. Went the, to see It. Went to see that film It. Cool, cool movie. movie. But got to ask... <laughs> What's up with that clown? Killing kids? Not, Not cool. good. <laughs> That's so funny. That was such a gut punch. Great stuff. A gut punch? Mm, a gut punch. What a horrid thing to say. Would you like to hear? Uh, you've got four choices. No, okay. five, actually. <gasps> Annoying neighbour. A deal with the devil. I begged you. I don't have a gay son. Or... <laughs> Julia was a clever girl. I think we're going to have to go with, I don't have a gay son. Okay. A few months ago, my oldest son, Charlie, mm, bit of crossover, came out to me as a homosexual. He sat his mother and I down in the living room and confessed everything to us about how he had always felt attraction towards men for his entire life. He even told us that he had a boyfriend who he wanted to introduce us to. Justine and I had always had our suspicions about Charlie but we were still shocked by our son's revelation. Suffice to say, Charlie is no longer a son of mine. The end. No, it's not. <laughs> you see, every now and again, teenagers in our town get unnatural urges. We try to correct these impure desires early, teach kids right from wrong. If you don't nip these thoughts in the bud while they're still young, they'll manifest as behaviour in adolescence. We pull offending children up and tell them again and again, from morning worship to Sunday school. Your ungodly impulses are a choice, we lecture. You can choose heaven or you can choose hell. Which will it be? For many youth, the threat of damnation is enough to set them on the right path. <laughs> That's good. But there are those who cling to their perversions, convincing themselves that their lifestyle choice is the correct one. If only we had beat it out of them. Maybe that could have saved Charlie. I'll never understand what compels teens to commit such See, awful no, sin. No, that's some good writing there because they've already, <clears throat> like, told us there's that foreshadowing that, that it's going to go doomed, bad. That yeah. That's like, very You can't clever. just do that. This is by Stephen King. Actually, is that in 500 words? All in 500 it's words? It's mad, isn't it? Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll never understand what compels teens to commit such awful sin. Some say that it's the media 
corrupting the minds of the youth. Others think that it's just the primal evil of humanity inevitably seeping through. All I know for sure is that these teenagers go about defiling the Lord and our town <sighs> remorselessly. There are probably those out there who would call us intolerant. That's fine by us. We believe that there are some transgressions that simply shouldn't be tolerated under any circumstances. Too right. And we will never tolerate abduction, torture and murder. No, I don't have a gay son. I don't have a gay son because those twisted fucking bastards killed him. Oh! oh the twist! The twist! The twist that they were actually Not loving horrible. parents. So what do you think about that one? What's um, your analysis? Okay. So what... Uh, let, okay, where do we start? We well. start by saying it's shit. Okay. <laughs> That's, Let's get out of there. Just cards on the table. Just to make sure that we're all on the same page. I'd hate for us to, you know, think that we're, we're going in different directions. But more than that is that you're right, that it is an example of how people manage to use the greater word yeah. length to say less. <laughs> I mean, and not just less, but so much less. Yes. That story could have been told in... One second. Exactly. Yeah. Bit of a shame, but at the same time, it did uh, instill a, a certain response in the readership. Someone said, this is the first story I've read that I didn't know where it was going. Right. First story he's ever read, for the, which that's the case. Um, someone else said, brilliant. Was the implication that the murderous tendencies are widespread? <laughs> <laughs> Gives a real creepy vibe to the town. Wow. <laughs> this person's on the ball. Damn, I did not see that coming. This is one of those stories we have to read it twice to appreciate it. Won't be doing that myself. Take their word for it. Um, on the short story hype, if we jump back quickly. we've Well, I, I want to come back in on this. Okay. I finally found it. I've had to scroll back to September <laughs> to find this tweet, but it was worth it. Uh, this was uh, in response to Twitter upping their character limit you may uh, know users that they for some people doubled the character limit to 280 uh, and this person had a an interesting take on it based on the old uh, Hemingway story <coughs> which was um, hi uh, so I, I'm calling about the baby shoes are they are they still available great great yeah I, I just had a, a baby and you know <laughs> baby needs a, a a new pair of shoes anyway so are they like never worn? Or just, like, near mint. <laughs> okay, great. Like, can I ask why? Like, your baby didn't like them, or... <laughs> <laughs> Fucking picky babies. He's not wearing Converse for nothing. No. <laughs> Here's a two-sentence one. Right. No, they've done it in one sentence. Oh, the, good. The thread called for two. It's all one line of dialogue. But if I put the turkey in the high chair, where's the fucking baby? <laughs> Oh dear, that's uh. Well, no, wait. Where is the baby? Then? No, well, we never. Oh, is it? <gasps> it's the turkey in the in the oh, turkey they're carving house. It up. <laughs> <laughs> Bernard Matthews has got it even now. Um, this is a rubbish one. Oh, I just found the barnacle one. Ah, oh, that one's racist, so we'll be avoiding it. <laughs> <laughs> How racist are we talking? Quite What's racist. it called? It's not called anything. It's just a play. It's just a story based on Chinese people. Being torturous. 
Which is just a racism. That is pretty it's racist. pristine racism. Okay, this one's shit. As her friends repeated the exact same conversation for the fourth time, she thought she was going insane. That's when she noticed they were dead, animated by barely visible wires, as was everyone else at the bar. <laughs> the top comment so- replies, Reddit meetup. <laughs> I've just found someone else's tweet that's vaguely related, but it's it's about the the character limit thing again. It was the one that I liked before, which is me in high school. Am I the only one who likes to read books? Me now. I'm not reading your 280 character tweet, you fucking nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. It was late one night when the boy thought to himself how annoying it was repeatedly seeing the reflection of his mother on the computer screen. He then remembered his parents were visiting his aunt for the weekend. Oh, Unnecessary detail about wow. relatives. Wow. Um, I I remember being um, on a school trip once mm-hmm. and people were telling scary stories. Yeah, a classic. And what I remember about one of them is the one that I think probably scared us the most... Uh-huh. Is is in this vein, but it, it's in that school of you've got more time, but you use it to say very little. Yeah. Uh, and also twins that with the extremely contrived. But looking back on it, what I think is the worst thing about this story is that the final reveal is has to come in the form of one of the stupidest sentences <laughs> of all time. It's a shame to have, like... Backed yourself into that corner with yeah. your own words. So, are we ready? Yes. You'll have heard it before. Of course I don't know. I'm sure you will. So. Mm-hmm. There's it a little girl. dark, dark night. There will be. Of course okay. there will be. It's, it's a horror story. Good. But there's a little girl. Yeah. Okay. <gasps> That's right. She was a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You guessed it. Story <laughs> over. Um, <clears throat> and her, her parents split up. Her dad went away. She didn't quite know why. Mm. He's gay. <laughs> um, but her mum uh, worked nights. Mm. And she couldn't afford to, to have a nanny to, to look after her. So it's just it was just the two of them. So um, what she did instead was to, um, to buy a dog. Right. And the dog would, like, act as a, as a comforter and would, like, defend her. Dinner. Yeah. And... Um, so the girl grabbed this dog and they would play all day and all evening. Uh, she didn't go to school. <laughs> she was homeschooled by the dog. <laughs> um, and then at night, the dog would sleep under her bed. And if she ever got scared or frightened, she'd put her hand down and ruffle its hair and, and like scratch behind the ears and it would lick her fingers and just like generally calm her down. <laughs> Anyway, one night her mum's at work and she is lying in bed and she hears the door open downstairs. <gasps> She's like a clatter. And she like puts her, her hand down. She scratches the dog behind the ears and the dog licks her fingers and and, and she is calm again. Good. She rolls over and she falls asleep again. When she wakes what up, what sort of dog is it? Uh, Labradoodle. Wow, 
the most frightening dog, mm. the spookiest of hounds. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so she manages to fall back asleep, but when she wakes up again, she's feeling very uneasy. Like yeah, she, I bet she, she had bad dreams. Yeah, exactly. Um, and she'd been watching the Blair Witch Project that no, night. No. <laughs> Absolute rookie error. Um, so she, she gets frightened and she puts her hand down and the dog licks her fingers and mm-hmm. she feels a bit comforted and, and she kind of like decides to, to, to go back to sleep and she tries for a bit and she succeeds, but then she wakes up again and she's feeling <laughs> even more uneasy and she puts her hand down and the dog's not there. Oh, fuck. And she can hear a creaking sound. <gasps> so she she grabs a, a, a little bedside light that she has, a little portable little torch, and she goes out the room and she walks up to the top floor, which is like a converted loft. Oh, Very nice, no. like little skylight windows. Oh, that's top. nice, actually. Yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. Um, the dog was just there hanging out, enjoying the architecture. Wow. It's funny, funny you should say that. Hanging. <gasps> no! She walks up the stairs and there, swinging from the rafters, is the dog. Eviscerated. Uh, was it naked? Well, it was a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Pervert dog. And on the wall, mm. in blood. <gasps> the dog's blood. No. Was written the sentence. Not only dogs lick. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So this blood writer had been licking a child's fingers. That's right, it was Kevin Spacey. <laughs> we can exclusively reveal on That's a Shame what has been common knowledge for a decade. So look, you've ended with a story that had some horror merits because there is a. There's that kind of repetition and, I don't know, there are some tropes in horror that I feel grab you quite well. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, there's night, obviously, is a very overarching one. But there's something about, like, bed as sanctity yeah. and your own home as, like, the walls that as, keep you in and your yeah, own refuge. Mind. There's a story called The Smiling Man, and I'm very surprised you haven't come across it. It's of the school of writing. Um, I can't remember if it was... Before or after kind of Fitzgerald, the creepy pasta school. Right. When it was in Paris, they all got together like Oh yeah. All the writers of the time, like with Gertrude Stein and Hemingway. And it's and, kind of like it, it's a nice image, a like mirror and reflection of when, you know, existentialism. You know, yeah, so that was going that on over there and then like yeah. back on the other side of the river, they were just it was pasta <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> so there's a cover photo for this story on creepypasta.wikia.com, which I'm going to show to you, and I'd like your immediate reaction. Ready, steady. It's gone. Ready, <laughs> <laughs> steady. Now, <laughs> how you feel about him? Uh, it's gone again, but oh, no. while I could see it, what I thought was yeah. it looked like uh, a shit fan art of every combination of anyone who'd ever played the Joker put together. <laughs> I mean, that's not far off the mark, if I'm honest. It's just a... As the title will suggest, it's a smiling man. Yeah. Uh, all scribbled. And this is a story that um, I'm not going to say it's good, but I will say that it's in the top two 
of this this genre of creepy pasta, which I'm loath to say because I do find the name very irritating. Yes, but there's this and there's the Goat Man. The Goat Man. What I will say is, I think it's a really good. Should we read? Should we do like an? narration of it one time yeah just because i think we could like a serious one though yeah no I, I definitely i think it's really good i think yeah. it's a very it's a really scary it story a scary but it's concept, well yeah. put together is yeah. what sets it apart from everything All else that we've <laughs> that covers. we've talked about is that it's not contrived in the same way so i do find the smiling man conceptually scary but there are some kind of the way it's written kind of undermines the narrative fear So I'm going to read it for you. Feel free to interject whenever you'd like. If you want to scream because you're scared, that's all right. You've got a pillow to scream. (sighs) Okay. Let's just do a little mic test on that. Yeah, go on. That's perfect, actually. It hasn't even clipped. The Smiling Man. Happy Halloween, 2017. See, now my first question would have been how smiling, but the image at the start... Don't be... Don't be misled by the image because that could be. You're part not going to say it's going to be a twist where he's not. He's actually smiling. frowning. <laughs> ah! It's upside down. <laughs> About five years ago, the story begins without much specificity. I live downtown in a major city in the US. So I guess what they've gone for here is the idea that this could happen anywhere. But what it comes across as is that they're in witness protection. (laughs) So they just haven't got any details. I've always been a night person. So I'd often find myself bored. I'd just say as well that by saying a major city in the US, like there is, as you say, that um, ambiguous appeal to the everyman. Mm -hmm. But it also precludes that effect from anyone who doesn't live in a major city in the US. So it seems like a a weird way to try and broaden your audience by actually cutting it down to about 5% of the world. (laughs) I've always been a night person, so I'd often find myself bored after my roommate, who is decidedly not a night person, went to sleep. The day man. That's him. To pass the time, I used to go for long walks and spend the time thinking. I spent four years like that walking alone at night and never once had a reason to feel afraid. I always used to joke with my roommate that even the drug dealers in the city were polite. But all of that changed in just a few minutes of one evening. It was a Wednesday. The spookiest day of all. (laughs) Somewhere between one and two. You say that, but this year, Halloween falls on a Tuesday. (gasps) That's day, day before. before. Because when it gets to the ha- the spookiest hour, which is midnight, that's it technically Wednesday. Went, right. Well, that's it. This is fact. Yep. It was a Wednesday, <clears throat> somewhere between one and two in the morning. And I was walking near a police patrolled park, quite away from my apartment. It was a quiet night, even for a weeknight, with very little traffic and almost no one on foot. The park, as it was most nights, was completely empty. I turned down a short side street in order to loop back to my apartment when I first noticed him. Him. At the far end of the so street. Just, just him. Is that what we've got? Him. Is it, it's not capitalised. It's not God. It's not God. No, no. Well, they might have noticed God separately, but I think they got them earlier. Right, okay. At the far end of the street, on my side, was the silhouette of a man dancing. It was a strange dance, similar to a waltz, but he finished each, quote-unquote, box with an odd forward stride. I guess you could say he was dance-walking, 
headed straight for me. I'm glad that they took the time to really clarify which it was dancing yeah. or walking because yeah. otherwise because one's scary and the other's normal no wait sorry no they're both not very scary <laughs> but you need to know which it is deciding he was probably drunk i stepped as close as i could to the road to give him the majority of the sidewalk to pass me by the closer he got the more i realized how gracefully he was moving he was very tall and lanky and wearing an old suit he danced closer still until i could make out his face his eyes were open, wide and wild, head tilted back slightly, looking off at the sky. His mouth was formed in a painfully wide cartoon of a smile. Between the eyes and the smile, I decided to cross the street before he danced any closer. Probably wise. Yeah. I took my eyes off of him to cross the empty street. As I reached the other side, I glanced back and then stopped dead in my tracks. He had stopped dancing. Stopped. Repetition. Stopped. Dead. Ah, foreshadowing. Stopped dead. Potentially. Wow. He had stopped dancing and was standing with one foot in the street, perfectly parallel to me. He was facing me, but still looking skyward, smile still wide on his lips. I was completely and utterly unnerved by this. I started walking again, but kept my eyes on the man. He didn't move. Once I put about half a block between us, I turned away from him for a moment to watch the sidewalk in front of me. <laughs> to watch it. Just in case Just it was dancing too. <laughs> the street and sidewalk ahead of me were completely empty, so he didn't need nice to. Nice repetition there as well. Yeah. Still unnerved, I looked back to where he had been standing to find him gone. For the briefest of moments, I felt relieved until I noticed him. He had crossed the street and was now slightly crouched down. I couldn't tell for sure due to the distance and the shadows, but I was certain he was facing me. I had looked away from him for no more than ten seconds, so it was clear that he had moved fast. So he's... I mean, he... They said he was walking dancing. Dance walking or something. Dance walking. But I mean, it seems more like run Run, 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 dance, walking. Yeah, that's good. I was so shocked that I stood there for some time staring at him. And then he started moving towards me again. He took giant, exaggerated, tiptoed steps as if he were a cartoon character sneaking up on someone. Very scary. <laughs> Except he was moving very, very quickly. Oh. I'd like to say at this point I ran away or pulled out my pepper spray or my cell phone or anything at all, but I didn't. I just stood there, completely frozen, no! as the smiling man crept towards me. Wait, uh, he is definitely the smiling man. As far as we know now. Oh, and let me just tell no. you, in the end, it's also still the same. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> and then he stopped again, about a car length away from me. Still smiling his smile, still looking to the sky. When I finally found my voice, I blurted out the first thing that came to my mind. What I meant to ask was, what do you want? In an angry, commanding tone. What came out was a whimper. Give us your chips. <laughs> Give us a chase, mister. No, it was, what came out was a whimper. What? Regardless of whether or not humans can smell fear... They can certainly hear it. Lick it. <laughs> Not only dogs lick. <laughs> I heard it in my own voice and that only made me more afraid. But he didn't react to it at all. He just stood there, smiling. And then, after what felt like forever, he turned around very slowly 
and started dance-walking away, just like that. Not wanting to turn my back to him again, I just watched him go until he was far enough away to almost be out of sight. And then I realised something. He wasn't moving away any more, nor was he dancing. What? I watched in horror as the distant shape of him grew larger and larger. He was coming back my way, and this time he was running. I ran too. I ran until I was off of the side road and back onto a better lit road with sparse traffic. Looking behind me then, he was nowhere to be found. Oh, fuck. No. Don't. Nowhere. It, he, wasn't, to he wasn't hiding behind a tree. Found. Fuck. He wasn't tiptoeing like a cartoon anymore. Fucking the rest of the way home, I kept glancing over my shoulder, always expecting to see his stupid smile. But he was never there. I lived in that city for six months after that night. And I never went out for another walk. There was something about his face that always haunted me. He didn't look drunk. He didn't look high. He looked completely and utterly insane. And that's a very, very scary thing to see. The Smiling Man by Creepypasta (laughs) Wikia. There's no... Worse sign of a horror story than one that has to finish by telling you that it was, it was scary. scary. <laughs> that. Let me tell you, this story was spooky AF. <laughs> Not unreasonable. Look, we've crossed the hour mark quite substantially. Look, so. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to accuse you of wasting all our time, but, <laughs> but I'm going to. Because Look, the thing about the smiling man is, although I grant you the story is not great, the image of a smiling man, I think you'll find, and I think listeners will find, when you're walking home at night, every so often you'll just picture, what if I turn this corner and there's a man waltzing? Bullshit. <laughs> no, you're wrong. It will happen, and it's powerful. I think, though, we've gone from, or we shall go from the fairly banal to the spectacular. We've had some kind of bad... Halloween stories across the board. Yes. So let's just, in case anyone cares about our advice, like, look, my authority on this is that I've watched a lot of horror films. I used to go to a horror film festival in London, which we'll go to next year now that we live in London. Yes. Fright Fest, where they screen all manner of nonsense and good things as well. Just gave away. That we've moved. Tomorrow's episode. Get ready for that, guys. That was a tease. Um, but here, let's give some recommendations for things people could do to really spook up their Halloween. Here's one. Buy some baby shoes. <laughs> Sell nuts. them all over the fucking place. <laughs> Ship up loads of Craigslist adverts for just yeah. baby shoes. <laughs> um, here's a cool tip. Uh-huh. Why not yep. surprise the people you live with by dressing up and then standing in their doorway while they sleep? As the smiling man. Or any number of characters. Any number of smiling people. Smiling yeah. woman. Smiling people. Smiling boy. The uh, smiling antelope. Dead girlfriend and stillborn child of a nebulous, yes. vague, undefined, the hardworking man. Dog. Oh, the hanging dog. The hanged so, dog. Sounds like a like the pub in The Woman in Black. <laughs> the hanged dog. We don't take kindly to strangers round these parts of the hanging dog. Uh if you went to a town and its main pub was called The Hanging Dog, <laughs> Blockswitch. how soon would you leave? <laughs> Turns out not till the end of the evening, after being fully kidnapped. 
Um, here's a tip. Watch, go and watch The Babadook. That's a great horror film. Yeah, watch The Babadook. What else is a good horror film? The one I'm going to watch is called Trick, apostrophe R, Treat. And it's not the best, but it combines lots of different Halloween plots into a kind of campy, but takes itself fairly seriously, romp. You I could, think is very much in the theme. You could watch Halloween. Of course, Absolutely yeah. named. Uh, or, of course, The Exorcist. Or just go full out, watch every Scream film, and then <laughs> binge MTV Scream. Oh, what's that? The greatest what's television that? show Brooke ever from MTV made. Scream is my future wife. <laughs> <laughs> She's actually married, which is the sad That's part. That's depressing. She's like almost our age as you well. You need to smiling man her husband into the next <laughs> Oh, no. And if you have any Halloween recommendations, boy, would we love to hear them. I mean, they'll almost certainly be too late, but Halloween, as I said, is a state of mind. And we'll... we As well as an annual thing. It's yeah, like, exactly. This is it. <laughs> We're gonna next make, year they just omitted it. That's it. It's cancelled now. <laughs> um, the spooktacular is going to be a yearly thing for us, I think. We can think say so, with definitely. some certainty, because I love Halloween. I think it's great fun. I just like the excuse to kind of scare myself and others. You're also putting a lot of stock in the show that we'll be still here be here year. next year. Well, I'm not saying anyone will be listening. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, that's good. But we'll certainly still be blaring out nonsense. Blaring out. And uh, thank you for joining us. I can only hope that no dogs hang themselves in your watch, listeners. <sighs> if you listeners reach under your bed... Oh, no. ...and are licked by anything, then that's it. what I would say is... Just roll over and go to sleep because there's no escaping it, even if it is just your dog. Now, that's a shame, listener. Pulled out his earbuds after an intense listen. What's that? There was never an episode out. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. You imagined the whole thing. Imagine we'll if you, you, like, just deleted this one after, Ooh, like, a day. That's a good idea. I will do that. And spooked someone. I won't do that. It'd be probably a bit, bit given away by me suggesting it on the yeah. show. So. Well, this has been the Spooktacular. <laughs> Don't scare yourself stupid, lads. We'll see you tomorrow. Um, or will we? You never know on the spookiest day of the year. Spook of mouth is best of mouth. Best of spook. I've been... <laughs> um, Isaac Burn. Burn is like almost Halloween. Yeah. Burn. Yeah. Isaac Burns Night. Burn the Ghoul. And you've been Declan Dilpain again. <laughs> We're not bothering with another one. Nah. Declan. Declan, yeah. This has been uh, the Halloween Spooktacular. We'll see you in 2018. Keep it real. Don't touch that dial now. We're just getting started. Necessities, simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strides. I'm in the bare necessities. Oh, Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. For me, the bare necessities of life will come to you.
necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities, old Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Wherever I wander, wherever I wander, wherever I roam, wherever I roam, I couldn't be fonder, couldn't be fonder, my new home, the bees are buzzing in the tree, make some honey just for me, the bare necessities of life will come to you. Come to you.